Hello, my friend. Welcome to the Business Leadership Today podcast. I'm your host, Matt Tenney. In this podcast, we sit down with successful founders, CEOs, and other senior leaders and ask them about the most important problem they've solved so both you and I can learn innovative, proven approaches to solving the most important problems in business today. My guest today is global entrepreneur and author Henry Penix. Henry is the co-founder and executive chairman of Soak Technologies, an organization that aims to optimize health and wellness by using a whole person approach that includes brain mapping, thermal imaging, pathogen testing, and more. In this episode, we're going to talk about how Henry was able to overcome multiple rejections for business funding and eventually get the funding that he needed, which helped him regain both and, and retain his sanity. So I hope you're as excited as I am, uh, especially if you're at any point in your business um, life where you need to secure funding. This will be probably a pretty valuable episode for you. Um, and Henry, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today on Business Leadership Today. Thank you, Matt. I've been looking forward to it. I love your podcast and uh, can't wait to get to it. Great. And uh, for those of you watching with video here, um, Henry's actually on business in New York right now uh, in a hotel room. So you got like this pretty cool little background there. This is your traveling studio. Yeah, yeah, it, it worked out. I, I'm facing the Empire State Building. I feel like I'm, I can almost touch it right there. So this is a inspiration to be on your podcast, think big and inspire people. So uh, if you catch me looking up, that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so you're not you're not distracted so much. You're just enjoying enjoying the view. Absolutely. <laughs> so Henry, um, if you don't mind, could you kick us off just by telling us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and how it led to you um, co-founding and leading Soak Technologies? Yes. Yeah. I've I've been an entrepreneur at heart uh, ever since I I got out of college. I could never imagine uh, really holding a nine to five job. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. However, I also knew that sometimes you have to do things that you don't necessarily like to get where you want to go ultimately. Uh, so I've I've done everything from sell men's clothing to uh, I, I my my actual goal was get out of college, sell sell men's clothing, uh, afford the right kind of clothes because I grew up very poor, and uh, and score a Fortune 150 corporation position. Uh, which I did. Went to work with the Pitney Bowes Corporation, stayed there for two years, ranked in the upper 1% of that entire company worldwide. And then I took everything that I learned from that and implemented it into being an entrepreneur, which um, when you've got a, a $3 billion company behind you versus having $300 in your checking account, you approach things a little differently. Yes. <laughs> That is a different uh, sales process. hundred <laughs> percent. So I had to kind of rethink things and use the training that I had received there uh, to to start, uh, you know, two or three um, pretty successful companies in my life. And then that led to taking everything I learned from those entrepreneurial endeavors and putting them into soap technologies which I think today is is uh, you know certainly worthy of a hundred percent of my time and attention and something that will help solve problems that you know the the COVID time period caused us and and just you know people's general uh, mental optimization. Uh, I, I really feel uh, called and and I'm glad I've had the experience that I've had to put it all into that because I think it's such 
a worthy cause. Yeah, so now you get to live the entrepreneurial dream, um, not only from the financial side of things, but also it sounds like this business can make a tremendous positive impact in, in on the well-being of other people, right? Yeah, it, it really can, and it does, and we are. We're in 133 countries right now. We've done over 20 million minutes of, of sound therapy, uh, therapy, sound therapies uh, with our digital platform. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very exciting. You know, two days are alike. And uh, when you can experience doing something good for society, good for humanity, uh, and, and, and still enjoy it, you know, that it's still your passion, that's, you know, in my opinion, that's, that's really living. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I was about to say like, I'm jealous, but it's not so much, uh, jealousy. It's more of ad admiration. Um, but it's also like, I feel like I'm on the exact same, exact same path, you know, where it's just, uh, just not quite making the impact yet, but it's just right there, you know, doing, doing things that, uh, I know will make an impact if we keep at it. Oh, so, Henry, oh yeah. And it, the, I mean, that's, that's the, you know, since we're talking to entrepreneurs, that's the key ingredient is knowing that everything that you're doing now is setting you up for that next level. And it's, you know, I look at life as a series of graduations and, you know, when I graduate to being able to handle, uh, we'll, we'll talk monetarily a thousand dollars and then being able to handle a hundred thousand and then being able to handle a million and several million and, and on and on and on, uh, while I'm doing something that I love, you graduate, you graduate to those next levels. And it's like when, when you're ready and prepared, then that next level opens up to you. And that can only be done by going through these steps. So you would never start kindergarten and say, I can't wait till I'm in, you know, 12th grade, getting ready to graduate the next year. You don't, you've got steps, you've got levels and every level you learn. And when you finally get to that level where you feel that breakthrough, it's because you've graduated all these other steps in your life. So I, uh, I, I appreciate your perspective on that. Thank you. So Henry, I, I know along this journey with multiple companies that you founded, um, exited from, and now running Soak, um, you know, you've probably you've probably encountered a broad array of very painful problems that you've been able to solve. Obviously, if you're 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 still successful. So, um, you know. I, there was one that that uh, I wanted to key in on where you had this this challenge of trying to get funding and we're getting rejected and rejected and rejected. Um, and it was just I, I know that it was incredibly painful for you. So I'd like to dive into that for a couple of reasons. One is because not all of our listeners are are founders. They're not all entrepreneurs. Some many listeners are senior leaders. But we all face these issues where, where we everything's telling us no. We're getting rejected, whether it's inside the company, outside the company, and being able to navigate that, overcome it, and then what can come out of that, you know, of of that experience, I, I just think would be so valuable to so many people. So, if we could step back in time when when this when you were trying to secure this funding, can you tell us a little bit about which which business it was that you were working on? Yeah, I've, I've had two or three businesses that that probably highlight uh, the last 25 years plus of my entrepreneurial career. And uh, one, I was it was one of my first big endeavors. I had just resigned from this Fortune 150 corporation where I was like 
winning all these awards. I was rated in the top 1% of the entire company. They were wanting to promote me actually. And I had this entrepreneurial call that I said, I would, I would love to be in business for myself. I, I just mm -hmm. had this, this drive. I knew what I wanted to be in life at a, at a very young age. Uh, but again, doing what I had to do to get to where I want to, you know, where, where I, where I would enjoy doing what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I, I was getting funding for a, a, a bill, an actual physical location that I was putting in. Uh, it's, it's when I built a, a chain of preschool and early learning centers, went from two employees to about 300, won a bunch of awards with that SBA awards. And, uh, and I remember getting that first one, Matt almost devastated me because no banker would look at me seriously. Uh, I, I had to get funding to do it. I thought I had a good idea. I wasn't for sure. I was 20 something years old, 24, 25 years old, just starting my career. I just resigned from this Fortune 150 corporation where, you know, again, I was I was the guy. And um, and to walk into banker after banker after banker's office and get rejection after rejection after rejection. When I when I'd come from being at the top of the mountain to the lowest guy in the valley, <laughs> you know, I'm going, don't you guys know about my past career? I'm <laughs> right. Talking to it, it almost sounds like the guy who was like the the star of the high school football team, you know, and then he goes off to college someplace where nobody knows who he is. And, yeah, you know, yeah, like, exactly. Hey, don't you know yeah. who I am? No, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me tell you if you don't, <laughs> which you can't. Uh, so you've but, got so you've got no previous business uh, experience. So you 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 haven't run a business yet, and these and you're going to bankers asking for business funding, which I'm sure is challenging, right? So they you, you've got you you've got great sales experience. You're a rock star selling in in a Fortune 150 company, but not running your own business. Certainly not a brick and mortar business, right? So right, right. this is probably the, where bankers are really finding it difficult to find a way to say yes. Right. Yeah, no, su super difficult. And, and you know, to make a very long story short, I went through about seven bankers and I finally went to the eighth one. And, and I got to a point, you know, every rejection um, humiliates you more and more. And me coming from being this rock star salesperson, I'm thinking, man, am I can I really make it like am I going to have to go begging for my job back? Like I would have nightmares, Matt, about having to ask for my job back because I failed. Mm. I'm just starting a new family. I just had my first kid. I mean, I've got responsibilities. I'm I moved into a house and and, you know, I've, I've got all these new things happening. And then I've got bankers saying, you know, this is the end of the line. You can't do this. And so when I finally got to the eighth, it was the seventh or eighth banker. I think it was the eighth banker after being rejected. I finally just sat back in my seat and I said, look, I've been rejected this many times. I was very honest with them. I said, don't tell me that I can't, but show me how I can. Don't tell me that I can't, but show me how I can. Hmm. He said, what do you mean? I go, give me a list. It could be one thing, five things, 10 things, 100 things. You give me that list. And I know my work ethic, like I'll check every box on that list. And if I check every box on that list, I would expect you to give me the loan. And and to my surprise, Matt, he goes, well, show me the property. I go, well, what do you mean? Like, you want a picture of it? You know, let's go. Let's go show me. He gets his coat, gets in my Jeep Grand Cherokee that mm -hmm. I had back then. And we went to the site. I showed him. I talked to him. 
I said, this is what I'm planning to do. This is the need. This is the, you know, went through the whole spiel and he goes, okay, I'll have your list this week. So he gave me the list. There's 10, 12 things on the list, everything that he needed, everything that I needed to bring to him. I checked all the boxes and I presented it to him and we were using a particular SBA loan product. And uh, he said, okay, he said, I've, I've, I can get you qualified. If we go through the SBA, you'll get favorable terms, blah, blah, blah. Uh, again, long story short, he gave me the loan and that kicked off the starting of this company that went from two employees to 300. Uh, I, I wound up winning the SBA Entrepreneur of the Year Award for five states in my region, coming from somebody who, you know, I, I could have quit on that first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh banker and saying, this is not for me. I want to take the easy road. I'm just going to get my job back. But I hung in there. There was a deeping, there was a deeper calling inside of me than the circumstances that surrounded me. So I, I kind of held on to that, what I thought was my calling to be an entrepreneur, kept pushing, checked all the boxes, uh, put in the business, put in another business, another one, another one, another one. And, you know, again, was nominated SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, did it. And, and that absolutely changed the trajectory of, of my entire life, my my sanity, my insanity, my <laughs> <laughs> everything I was experiencing, uh, that it was pivotal at, at that point in time. Yeah. So if we could step back one, one, I think there was just this very key learning in that experience, right? Which is ironically, it's funny, you know, um, it sounds like this is probably something you learned in sales, right? It, it's like, if somebody tells you a no, you say, okay, I understand. Let, what are your concerns? Can I hear them? And they say, yes, here are my concerns. And if right. you just say, those are very valid concerns. I understand why you'd be concerned about that. Um, if, if I could resolve those concerns, you know, what, what would your thoughts be then? You know, was there a chance we could do business together? And, you know, if yep. the person says yes, and you say, okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about these concerns and let me see if I can fix them. It sounds like you might've learned that just in sales training, right? And then apply oh, that you're... to receiving funding. A thousand percent. But the big educational piece was when you ask those questions with a $3 billion company behind you, mm. you know, you can deliver when you answer those questions with nothing behind you and no assets in the bank. I couldn't deliver <laughs> like like I, I ultimately could. I found a way to do it. But you going, didn't know you didn't know that you could. Right. You just, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and honest to God, Matt, like the, the things weren't there when I went out and asked the questions to the banker, I mean, uh, you know, I, I had to think so creatively to, 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 you know, reframe things and look things, look at things a little bit differently to get to where they wanted and even ask him on a couple of those things I needed to check the box. I said, well, what if I could do this instead? Mm. Or what if I could do that instead Would that satisfy at least these two categories? And fortunately he said, yes, and uh, but yeah, it was it was very painful going through that process. I felt like uh, I don't know if you've ever had the dream like you're in high school and you're you're <laughs> running, and you can't run. And you're, it's like you're trying to get away or you can't get to your class on time. It was like yeah. I was in that constant state of stress that I just wasn't getting it done. And, uh, you know, just praying to God that the next banker would listen to me. Yeah, well, um, you know, it seems like. There is a a gem in there. I think can apply to just about any 
situation. You know, it's like this difference between thinking, okay, I'm going to go in and apply for a loan and give them my pitch, right? I'm going to tell them what I think is going to win their approval and then see what happens. Whereas it seems like the last one, you switched it, right? Instead of going in and pitching and saying, here's what I think they want, I'm going to ask them what they want, right? Which I think that to me is the key learning. And I'm going to ask you to go deeper on this in a second. But it's like, man, just think about all the conversations that you have, whether it's managing up to someone you report to or uh, employees who report to you or vendors that you're working with or customers that if you're a salesperson, you know, that you're you're trying to court or or help in some way. You know, instead of trying to tell people what we think they want to hear or talking a lot about you know, ourselves or what we have, to really be empathetic, to really have that, like, I really want to understand your situation. And it sounds to me like that's exactly what you did with the banker, right? Is like, I really want to understand what what do you need to see for, for you to have confidence in investing in somebody, right? And then as you found, maybe to your surprise at that point, he was happy to tell you, right? It's like, this is exactly what we need. And then, but I think there's another step to that, right? So then, you know, he's given you these things, this list, let's just say it's 10 things and you're going, holy cow, I can't do seven of these. Right. So then you're going to one of the seven you can't do. And instead of just saying, well, I can't do this saying, well, what, can you tell me more about this? <laughs> right? Can you tell me more about this number seven here? Right. So that you can find a creative solution. So it sounds like you just did an amazing job of really diving deep with questions that draw out, drew out the answers that you needed. Is that kind of how you see it? From yeah, no, you're you you hit it spot on. Uh, because I think a lot of people they'll read the latest sales training handbook or they'll go to the latest seminar, and and I I went to all those, and I I agree with educating yourself on the different tactics and opened in questions versus closed in questions, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the truth of the matter is you're not going to know until you get in that office what that person wants, but you're, you're almost preconditioned. And I think for me, I was just nervous. I was like spitting out all about me. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what I've done. This is who I am. Look at my great resume, blah, 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 blah. Instead of, like you said, taking a half a step back and saying, okay, like, what do you need? How, how can we make this work together? And throughout time dealing with other bankers, Matt, I learned that that bankers have goals as well. Like they need so many types of a certain loan. They need to have so many deposits in their bank. They need to have, you know, different things that will, that they're graded on from their superiors. And if you can help them solve those problems as well, where it's good for them, and you can only get there by asking them what they need. Uh, it, it's a win-win situation. You're just helping them look good in front of their boss. Yeah, and, and I would imagine that applies to every type of funding source. Even you know, like even a, a venture capital firm. You know, they they probably have certain targets of how much capital they're trying to allocate, exactly. and they're telling their investors like, "This is how much capital we intend to allocate." And so they they probably all have targets, right, of what they're trying to lend, how much they want to give away. Um, yeah. And it's just and our- different seasons, even different times in the year. Like you might hit one in January and that's great, but it may be horrible for another fund who does all of their main giving in December. You know, like like even that, even the minutia of figuring out the timing on those things uh, make a difference. So one last question I, I wanted to ask you about that experience was, 
just what that did for your mindset afterwards and how it kind of affected how you went into finding solutions, whether it was with bankers or with customers or with vendor partners, um, you know, what did that do for your psyche and what did it do for your approach to how you deal with uh, these types of issues and as you went forward? Well, you, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. I, I went in asking more, what do you need instead of what I need you to give me? Um, and, and that's, that's probably the biggest learning curve when I received it and went on to win the SBA entrepreneur of the year award. Um, that gave me a huge amount of confidence. Um, but what kept me from being just confident and not cocky was the seven times I was rejected. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I knew don't yeah. think too much of yourself because you were only one decision away from, uh, you know, from that. So going I, back to your job. Yeah. One decision yeah. away from begging for your job back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. So, uh, so I, you know, I, I think if somebody can keep a humble approach and an attitude of gratitude, um, I think that will get them a lot further in life than going up and just throwing up on someone what they need. Uh, aren't you lucky to talk to me? You know, there's, there's a whole, because, because, you know, we're talking about bankers now, but you're right. It could be a PE fund. It could be a venture capitalist. It could be a family fund. It could be anybody. All those guys have personalities. All those women have personalities. And if you clash and you're, you're, you present yourself hard to work with, I don't care what your financials look like. It's going to be difficult for you to, to do business. Conversely, if you're you know just coming up and having trouble qualifying for things, if you can let them know that you're there to help them win as well and have, like I said, an attitude of gratitude, that can go miles. That can, that can go further than you having more money in your bank account. Awesome. Well, Henry, this has been fantastic. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to to share that problem. And and I know it was, I, I imagine if you talked about it long enough, you'd probably start almost feeling that anxiety again. I was so, already feeling a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for, you know, going back to that pain and, and being willing to walk us through it and share, you know, sharing how you came out with a, with a bright, bright view on the other side of it. Yeah, no, no worries. I, anytime I can speak into the life of somebody who is going down that path, I think it will save them time and trouble, energy and effort. Now, for those of you um, who would like to learn more about Henry, maybe bring him in to speak at an event uh, for your company or for a conference, or just learn about uh, the, the business that he's currently running, Soak Technologies. Um, there's a couple of ways you can find him. Obviously, the the business website, it's soak.com. There's an extra A in there. So it's S-O-A-A-K.com. And you can also find them on LinkedIn, connect with them there. Um, and I hope you do. Uh, I think there, he's, there's a lot of uh, lessons you could share uh, that would be very helpful. And uh, before we sign off, I do want to send a shout out to Caleb West, who produces this podcast. Thank you, Caleb, for doing a great job. And to you, the listener, uh, thank you for sharing your time with us. And until the next time I have an opportunity to hopefully add some type of value for you, I wish you great success building and sustaining a world-class organization that's making a positive impact on the people you employ and the community around you. Bye for now. <laughs>